0: Hey guys, welcome to FTK Q&A Sessions 13. Um, this is a special episode we have finally have an expert on. It's not just us bumbling our way through questions. <laughs> two but, um, we have <laughs> Jess Rothwell. So Jess is the Victorian Institute of Sport Dietitian for Athletics. Um, she also traveled with me to Sapporo as the marathon and walks team uh, dietitian. And Jess was also an Australian representative herself at at uh, race walking. How you doing Jess?
1: I'm good thanks Brett. Thanks for having me on tonight guys.
0: Are you running Gold Coast or anything?
1: No I, um, I've um i been a bit slack in the old training of, of recent yeah, times. You did.
0: So you, you did Melbourne didn't you?
1: I did do Melbourne. I'm <laughs> quite inspired yeah. after um obviously our time away and uh, I probably didn't have the best preparation where we had a, a short break away and Spent more time on the beach rather than clocking the kilometres, <laughs> like you guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you inspired. You inspired by oh, stitch.
1: Look, don't bring up those memories. That was my
2: heartbreak <laughs> of the entire
0: I game. Jess took the stitch harder than I did. She was <laughs> when I saw
2: her. She was more sad than I was actually. So yeah, Jack. Also, Jack blamed his um diet for pulling out at 10k. <laughs> Jack has all no, oh, it's joking. really
1: sweet. Jack's got nine point nine kilometers on a signed Tokyo poster. Yeah. Oh, but I can <laughs> I can share that Jack's doing an awesome job with improved fueling and getting lots of good stuff in, in his training. So
0: Yeah, well it shows. Yeah, so. he's Yeah. He is. Jack joked about getting not the Olympic rings tattoo, just one <laughs> ring, because like one fifth of the race. <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, we had heaps of good questions, um, so we kind of discussed with Jess, and maybe just thought it's better to have a theme of que- of a few different questions and kind of combined them, which will hopefully answer everyone's questions in one. And um, yeah which hopefully people will feel a bit more prepared coming into race day. Like I know Gold Coast is only around the corner. Um, so I hope there's a few things. Hopefully we don't scare too many people.
2: This is the, the Q&A session I'm the most excited for because I haven't done a marathon. I've got absolutely no idea. So I'm just going to, um, yeah, sit back and absorb it all. Yes.
1: Are you, are you running next week, Joel?
2: Uh, yeah, um, in a half. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. I think the
0: first thing we want to speak about, and this is probably the one of the biggest things is the pre-race nutrition um, and then hydration plan, carb loading plan and, and what's kind of the, your advice for people going to the marathon especially?
1: Um, yeah, So, and thanks for everyone for their questions. They're really great. Um, obviously, with some of the information and tips shared tonight, um, I'd probably advise if you haven't done a lot of practice in certain areas before, try not to change too much before your first race but hopefully there's some practical things you can take away um typically though as you're preparing for a marathon it's really important that your muscle glycogen stores are really well fueled and that's what we refer to as super compensation or super compensated muscle fuel stores um, as well as your liver glycogen so the, our current recommendations and guidelines leading into a marathon um, are to consume high carbohydrates Rich foods for up to forty-eight hours or two days prior to the event that are also low in fiber or what we also term low residue. Um, and typically, you know, if we we're mapping it out very accurately and specifically, that would be less than ten grams or so of fiber that we'd be looking at across those two days. Um, that might sound like a lot yeah, for those that might be doing some of their own calculations in terms of ten to twelve grams per kilogram. Um, But I guess one way that you can look at understanding how to achieve that high amount and the types of foods that will be appropriate to use are those, um, as mentioned, that are low in fibre, um, but are typically quite plain, bland. Um, You can have a little bit of fun with it. I'm sure Brett's happy to share a few few key things he likes to do. And I know there was a lot of fun.
2: I was going to say, there's not, not not much fun you can have with six kilos you know, of white yeah. rice every day.
1: Oh, and, and look, everyone's um, pre-race fueling plans are very different, but, you know, there are certainly things like soft drink, yeah. sports drink which, with the added and electrolytes the that go into the lollies. Yeah, chips even um, for those that enjoy cocoa Pops. Uh, that's what Ooh. I had for my carb loading breakfast.
0: Yeah, yeah I think of I pretty much year. lived on like snakes, Rice bubbles, white rice, um, Gatorade, Coke, it's just in, in the yeah. t- two days before. I want to do a marathon, it is, next it's week like so, been, so I can. I'm gonna swap yeah, it's like eating like a kid so I can again. Have Cocoa pops,
2: <laughs> all the yeah, bad stuff
0: you're kind of not allowed to eat, you just get to eat it for two days.
1: Uh, that's a bloody trouble with diet culture sometimes, isn't it? But, um, you no, know, LCM bars and all of those types of things, and, and that, yeah, re- um, real purpose yeah is is to achieve that higher carbohydrate intake that would otherwise be quite difficult with normal fibrous foods that so you've you know more of your um grainy breads uh, your vegetables or legumes that typically um carry more resistant starches that end up in your large bowel and create fermentation effects so typically it makes yeah, it's it
0: kind of it's funny like people don't really want to go and like people might think oh it's time to eat healthy in those last few days and like eating vegetables eating like like whole grain bread and stuff like that but it's not necessarily the best time for that
1: yeah that is that is spot on um and that's what also helps to reduce the uh the increased risk of gastrointestinal issues um or runner's trots or you know loose stools or whatever you would like to call it during a race so that those fermentable carbohydrates um that you're excluding in those days leading in tend to leave um, the gut with li- limited or, or little fibre intake that can cause um, different challenges during during races and and there can also be an acute. Uh, mass change too. So, one of our race walkers preparing for um, a 20K event earlier in Oman did a bit more of a prolonged 72 hour low fiber dietary intake leading in. And across that time, he still um, had high carbohydrate intake, but his mass changed of about a kilogram.
0: Oh, wow. so, so, it's pretty much because you're not really storing anything in your stomach. Is that why?
1: uh Yeah, more so in your large yeah. colon. Yeah. So where resistant starches and fibres or typically foods that we might refer to as FODMAPs, um, that uh, resists digestion uh, and that's where our good gut bacteria feed off that and there's very obviously lots of beneficial effects for um, the microbiome in the gut and... Short chain fatty acids that are produced in terms of our digestive um, function and health and immunity um, and so forth, but it just reduces that extra mass. And so, for a lot of weight making sports too, it's one of the acute strategies that they'll use to help uh, make weight safely. Um, so yeah, you get to eat generally fun foods. Yeah.
2: yeah. That digest
1: so if, fairly comfortable.
2: All, all I took from that was cocoa Pops. <laughs> nah, um, cocoa Pops and Coke? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: for someone who's like struggling to kind of, because one of my athletes messaged me today and he's like, he's like kind of looking at it and goes, yeah, I've got to eat about 700 grams a day of carbs. And he's like, it feels yeah. like a lot of food. Can you kind of load up on things like marathon drinks? Like if you're having your Morton in the race, can you have it in your, car- in your carbo load as well?
1: Yeah, someone asked me that the other day, actually. And look, yeah, I don't see any reason why you couldn't. Um, and obviously, whilst you're not exercising, if if that drink uh, has typically been well-practiced and they're familiar with it, um, I don't see that as a problem and an easy way if it's the um, 320 mix to get in that 80 grams per 500 yeah. mil.
0: And then one of the big myths, I think, in uh, marathon running is doing the uh, low-carb Earlier in the week, before that, uh, the depletion.
2: Yeah. You did that. I have done you, it before. New, Your New first York. marathon. Yeah, I think I did it maybe my first marathon. But you did it in in yeah Japan, yeah I did sure. too. I remember. Oh, what
0: yeah. year is that?
2: Twenty nineteen.
0: I was before I was you yeah, before involved, you helped Jess.
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off the hook. So yeah.
0: you, you don't recommend it, doing that? The depletion.
1: No, definitely not. And um, that was, I guess, more of an older school strategy of thought in terms of that super compensation philosophy. Um, but essentially, I guess, as athletes are starting to taper and um, depending on the training volume and load, it'll be just kind of getting back into habitual, normal eating patterns um, with foods that are you know, usually consumed um, and relative to the training load. So if athletes aren't doing key sessions or long runs, they're obviously going to have a lower daily carbohydrate intake because they're not putting that extra carbohydrate in to support their muscle glycogen stores
0: yeah. okay cool i'm glad because i yeah. I hated doing that yeah. you feel so shit yeah heavy. awful um so yeah. it's like no yeah you just like eating i don't know i remember just eating like prosciutto just like all all day pretty much like oh. <laughs> it's probably not the best thing to eat but um <laughs> and then kind of moving on to pre-race meals um so you, yeah. people might hate this because Gold Coast is a six AM race. What what time should people be eating during?
1: Oh, 6 AM is early, isn't it? So typically, you if if you've done your carb loading pretty well, um, that's going to help support a large chunk of your race. But if if people can be getting up around three, um, I know two is probably a bit of a stretch. And look, you can always eat and go back to bed. I used to do that before, you know. Um, we feel it ahead of like, a say a 20K race ball. But look, I think around Does
2: that. Can I just say if mm-hmm. you, because I thought this in, um, in Launceston, Brett and I had to wake up really early and I was like, I remember saying to him, geez, I'd love to go back to bed, but doesn't that then slow down the digestion if you're asleep?
1: Um, it, it might vary? a little bit, but it shouldn't too much.
2: Too much. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't complicate it too much and if I think more from a, a mental perception perspective, if if it helps to have a little bit more rest and sleep, um, some people, like I know, Brett, you've mentioned before, once you're up, yeah. you're up, you're alert, you know, you've had some caffeine um, and you're on. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone's probably a bit different in that regard. But um, look, I'd be encouraging, yeah, people have to get up at three and to have something that they've practised with, um, hopefully in training. Um, and so that three hours before is essentially an opportunity to top up the liver glycogen stores, which will be more depleted um, following the overnight fast um, and to start priming the gut to take in carbohydrate and fluid during the race. And so that pre-race meal, um, again, will vary for everyone, but it could be, you know, simply plain rice Um, it could be a couple of pieces of white toast with honey with jam and a banana normally we'd look to suggest probably anywhere between one and a half to two gram per kilogram which typically most athletes that appears a fairly comfortable amount Um, But we can also increase that carbohydrate through fluids so um, some sports drink at that time as well um, can be beneficial Um, and, and typically I'd be suggesting at at least kind of five to seven mil per kilogram with that carbohydrate intake. And so that's an easy way you can, you know, quite early um, when your body's, you know, not necessarily used to eating at that time and that's where it's definitely worthwhile if you can practice it in training um, where it's a bit easier to get your carbohydrates through fluid and help just to support your hydration, ensuring that you are hydrated leading into that race.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the hardest meals ever to have like you're kind of full to the brim yeah. with rice already and then you're getting up at like 233 <laughs> and having some plain rice you're, you're nervous. nervous so you're not really that hungry anyway. Yeah. you're trying to force it down so I think yeah having the yeah. sports drink with it is a kind of a good way to get in those carbs that go down a bit easier
1: yeah and depending to on the individual it might be where you know after warm-up Um, just to help with that first phase of the race to be, you know, having a sports gel or some sports drink as well. Um, And if that is close to the race start, that will um, account for your total carbohydrate intake and or fluid or caffeine if there's a caffeine placement just before the start of the race. Um, Yeah, we'd account for that during that. And I probably failed to mention too, your hydration obviously in the days leading into an event and obviously the Gold Coast, whilst it might not be Sapporo conditions, it's probably still going to be quite a change for those that have been training in Chile, Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and depending on what they might have had opportunity in terms of heat, acclimation, exposure, um, definitely, yeah, try to increase your fluid intake in the days leading yeah, in. Yeah,
0: of just water or do, do you want to get more electrolytes or...? Right.
1: Yeah, I'd focus on your sports drink, which will help with yeah. your carbohydrate um, goals and targets and a little bit of that extra sodium will help with that fluid retention too rather than just feeling like you're slugging down loads of water and, and urinating it all out.
0: Yeah. What, one question we did have was about um, salt tablets. Um, do you think they're necessary?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, not not necessarily, I yeah. should say. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I I think with the types of foods that we could map out in a carbohydrate loading plan and whether that's, you know, adding the addition of extra salt to your meals, um, sodium within bread as a preservative is quite high. Your electrolyte drinks, things like pretzels um, or if you are having salt vinegar chips, for example, or salty chips, there are things that should achieve adequate sodium intake and the, the guidelines and guidance around salt intake, um, it's still a bit of a grey area. Um, Alan McCubbin, who has an amazing podcast with Steph Gaskell, I said to give them a shout-out on the long munch. It's a little bit different to yours, guys, so don't worry. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> <that's> <laughs> we might have to cut that if they're direct. That, but. Competition, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, um, no, they're an incredible wealth of sports nutrition knowledge. Um, and so, yeah, Alan does a lot of the work in the sweat-sodium replacement space. Um, and so, I think we've just got to be careful with not overdoing sodium intake knowing that we can get and should get it at an adequate amount through fluids and some of those other saltier foods or extra salty meals.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. one little um, <clears throat> bit of a problem, I guess, for a lot of Melbourne athletes or, or actually any athletes, like they are used to running at probably five or six before work. But they don't get up mm-hmm. at two thirty to do those sessions, yeah. so so they're kind of getting up, yeah. eating something quickly, and out
2: the door. Um, yeah, which is the same for us too, Brett. We, we do that, you know, before our you know half marathon races and stuff. We we, we always eat sort of an hour yeah, before that's true. training. Yeah. yeah, you know, ninety mm. minutes before training. But it is something obviously on race day that we don't do. So right? I
0: guess it's yeah. kind of sticking to that familiar foods a little bit, but then you can either eat a bit more, but because you're eating further away from the race do you think
1: yeah and look it's it's actually you know eating close to your training sessions a great way to train your gut Mm. too in terms of that stomach gastric emptying so it's it's not necessarily a bad thing um sometimes depending though on the session it might mean people aren't going in as well fueled or depending on how they've or what they've consumed in the days leading into to that key session um so obviously if if yeah, if you're carbohydrate loaded and you you're not getting as potentially as much as you think you typically or what we would recommend um, if if there is a plan to ingest carbohydrate obviously through the race um, I think that they will be okay yeah. um, but if there's an opportunity generally across a training week where it might not be on a, you know, a work day where there is an early start using the weekend as potentially that opportunity where there might be a delayed start to do that session so that there's at least a, a couple of pracky runs where they can trial out their competition nutrition strategy um, and that's often sometimes sadly the undoing of a lot of people for big races they're preparing for if they're not as well organised for even travel to you know the location or access to foods that they'd normally have. Um, yeah,
2: which is a big problem, you know, for especially for the elites racing in you know you going into um, foreign yeah. countries where the foods you you don't know yeah. you know that's right.
0: I'm sure. If it, well, re- if anyone saw, in. I had no problem at the Olympics because Jess Rothwell <laughs> packed out a whole room of foods from Australia. Like, they, yeah. like how much food did you guys take over? It was ridiculous.
1: Oh, so, yeah, the Australian Olympic Committee and, and the, those sports dietitians, We and look, that was that was actually a really – to organise food service in quantities because there was a possibility that we'd be in Sapporo a week earlier at a different hotel. We didn't – the COVID contingency stuff was enormous. So it was always better to, I guess, overestimate um, or if there was an outbreak of COVID in the dining hall where typically <laughs> most of our athletes ate, the sticky rice was pretty good. Um yeah, so but fortunately, we were able to donate a lot of that extra food to um, a Japanese sports dietitian that Louise knew, um, so it didn't all go to waste. But yeah, the-
2: what was it? Four, four and
1: yeah. twenties, the, <laughs> <laughs> well, the gym I Well, I think I have a photo of um, some of the hotel staff. I, I gave them some Up and Go energizers on arrival, and now they're having a great time. the, <laughs> the,
0: uh, <laughs> well, the Japanese dietitian got some, but Jack Rayner filled his bags full of food as well. <laughs> Like, well, that's <laughs> pleasing to hear. like a jack. I know. Oh, <laughs> he food. He's like, it just he's like, no, nah, that's gone with me. It's free food. It's mine.
1: <laughs> um, oh no, I'm pleased to hear that.
0: Yeah, so, I mean Jack
1: had a drug test this morning. Oh, yesterday morning. Oh, did he? Swiss time. Sorry. Yeah. So we we missed a oh, consult, really? but um. Catch him another time. sure.
0: That's an excuse. That's that's. I did wonder that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me and him always get tested on the same days, pretty much. So I didn't get tested. So it's definitely an excuse.
1: (laughs) Oh, smelling the lovely wildflowers. Yeah,
0: definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, with this early start, I Um, think everyone's going to be craving a coffee. What kind of recommendations around caffeine? Um, I guess before and maybe during the race
1: yeah so yeah. I'd um and just to yeah clarify miss there too sometimes people feel that they need to abstain from caffeine in the.
2: yeah I was going to ask you that because it's a big I think it's me I'm assuming it's yeah beef, I hate doing that get ahead yeah headache. exactly
1: it's an awful withdrawal experience and um there's no ev- evidence to suggest that that will be beneficial to your performance um and caffeine it's an ergogenic aid I guess it's a drug and it's a central nervous system stimulant so Um, it's still going to have that effect, even though you might feel, I guess, a little bit less sensitive to the impact of caffeine. It's still going to have um, the effect that it does give you in terms of alertness, concentration, um, reducing perception of fatigue, effort, um, and being able to push at a higher intensity for longer. So I'd suggest people have their kind of I guess, habitual caffeine intake, depending on what they have practised with, um, and that's going to vary for people too. So for those that are obviously travelling to Gold Coast um, and as you've probably heard with a lot of podcasts, Australian athletes always take their um, little espresso pod machines or their, their Aero presses. So take what you need in that regard because it will be early. Um, but typically across a marathon we would suggest a range of three to six milligram per kilogram of caffeine. And so... There was a question asking, you know, what is too much? And um, the guidelines there would suggest no more than 400 milligrams a day. Um, and that's for typically anyone. And obviously, there's going to be a point where uh, more caffeine, depending on your individual genetics, tolerance, et cetera, is not beneficial. And that kind of.
2: How many milligrams um, are in a regular coffee? A
1: regular coffee will. Like just a. Yeah, coffee. vary, but probably somewhere between 60 to 80 milligrams. Um, whereas an espresso might be up closer to 90 to 100. Um, the AIS supplement framework has an awesome caffeine fact sheet, easy to read, that lists lots of different caffeine products and dodos and Revi strips and different gels with the um, quantified uh, caffeine amount. So that's always a good resource that people can look at. But um, it can be obviously a bit of guesswork if, you know, you're buying coffee from a cafe or... Um, the instant varieties is a bit asking weaker. Asking
2: the barista how many milligrams of <laughs> caffeine are in the
1: coffee. <laughs> I would like one hundred no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. and
2: fifty-seven.
0: Um, no, I think it's all. Do like you should be practicing this before. Like it's now's not the time to start taking caffeine gels if you've never because because yeah, they're definitely something yeah. that can kind of upset your stomach.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Caffeine's also gut irritant, um, and yeah, if you're having amounts that you're not used to or haven't practiced with, as Brett said, yet. Yeah. Don't advise to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so across a race, if people, you know, have practised with caffeine, typically, you know, it's a good idea with you to have your pre-race caffeine um, and then look to have some potentially around, um, you know, 15 and, and 30K. But, again, that, that's going to vary depending on the individual, what they've practised or if they have seen a sports dietitian to nut out a bit of a plan that works for them as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um- And then, I guess, also, in the race, um, carb intake is, like, the big thing and the big one that a lot of people are interested in. What do you suggest to most of your athletes?
1: Yeah. So, typically, it's going to depend on what they have managed to practice in training um, or the types of products that they might be using. So. Look, I think typically the guidelines for a marathon um, race would be anywhere from thirty to sixty grams per hour, Um, but we certainly know that that higher, uh, I guess, ceiling for carbohydrate intake across these races has increased up to ninety grams. Obviously, in Eli Kipchoge's sub two hour two hour marathon, he was um, absorbing around hundred grams per hour. I think there's been some recent work in. Um, mountain running athletes get ingesting 120 grams per hour without GI issues. Wow. Um, definitely don't recommend that. Mm. So um, obviously the amount is, is going to vary, yeah, really based on what someone has practiced with and what they're feeling comfortable with from a tolerance perspective. And a lot of that gut training work needs to probably happen a good, you know, six to eight weeks ahead of a marathon. It, it doesn't necessarily take that long. I think there's some evidence that within two weeks there can be some changes in terms of um, increased carbohydrate uh, in the, the gut um, and improved tolerance of gastric emptying and so forth. Um, but it's also important to understand, uh, I guess, what, what products that you are using and the types of carbohydrates within those. So there are gels that will have single carbohydrate transport molecules, so to speak, or single, single um, sources of carbohydrate that follow um, through a certain entry point into the cell, a different transport um, mode. Um, those particular gels um, which or sports drinks, which usually just have uh, glucose or dextrose or sucrose, multidextrin, um, there's, I guess, a, an amount at which your body can't ingest any more of that single source carbohydrate, which is 60. So if you were pushing over 60 grams per hour of a single um Carbohydrate uh, product, that's where you'll more likely experience gut issues, whether that's um, malabsorption, you know, needing um, to open your bowels during the race, or, um, you know, feelings of crampiness or abdominal discomfort and things like that, belching, et cetera. And so there are other products that have the addition of fructose, um, which travels, which this sugar travels down a different pathway. Um, into the cell which enables a a greater rate of carbohydrate intake and so we are seeing changes obviously with with Morton and even SIS beta fuel in terms of some of these products and reformulation to help achieve a higher concentration intake with the proposed benefits of reducing uh, gastrointestinal distress because of the the rate of emptying um, and absorption through the small intestine so it's it's quite an interesting space, but that's um, a big one for for people to practice, practicing with flavors, understanding whether there's caffeine in their gels um, and, yeah, having something that's familiar.
2: If so, um, do stand. you recommend, I was, I was just going to say because I know a lot of my athletes have sort of asked this. Um, obviously, on the course, they're going to have water um, and they have water stations yeah. all along the line in the course. Do you have any recommendations in how the athletes say that when they're carrying gels on them, um, how they should be interacting the gels with the water on the st- out on the course? Yeah,
1: no, it's a good question. So there appears to be plenty of refreshment stations and water stations, and I think um, fixed nutrition, um, a sports nutrition company and sports drinks similar to your Powerade Gatorade, uh, the sponsor of Gold Coast. So there will be plotted um, drink stations for those two. But I'd suggest trying definitely to have some water with the gel, um, depending on the gel. Some obviously contain a little bit more water, um, like your uh, SIS Go isotonic gels versus, say, a CODA sports gel, which is, you know, yeah. largely just...
2: Those real thick ones. Sometimes hard you need yeah. water. it's just like that's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, steak through your marathon. Like,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good
0: way to gut train. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, and it'll help support hydration intake too, and so. I think if people can practice, uh, depending on what they have practiced at home, but getting in their fluids early into their marathon, which is typically where there's less gut issues that are likely to to occur, it will help to support improved, I guess, hydration and uh, fluid intake across their race and start minimising risk of um, dehydration. So, yeah, if they can kind of
2: time it with... um, Just don't be gulping gulping, hot, stopping at water stations like <laughs> glug, 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 Yeah. I saw a few people do that at Melbourne. I remember seeing them like they'd stopped and they were drinking and I just think thought yeah. I, you're, you're going to have a stitch by the next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll, bad yeah, news. They'll yeah, they certainly might
1: feel a bit bloated and, you know, if that does happen to anyone, um, they might just need to back off their, their pace and the intensity a little bit and hold off the, the water for a little while whilst that, you know, gastric <laughs> emptying process occurs. Um, yeah. Yeah, so great advice
0: yes. I have one question about the gels. So say someone who hasn't practiced too much with them and yeah. is going to run the marathon, is it safer for them to try Morton or SIS because it has that dual um, source of carbohydrates? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they can still, and like say they're going to aim for 40 grams an hour. Um, yeah. Is it better to get it through the dual or just a single?
1: That's that's a very good question. I would actually suspect that probably the single.
2: Okay. But I don't one.
1: actually know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's. <That's,
2: laughs> I was going to say that seemed yeah. like a <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm backing you to the yeah. hills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, have they trialed it at all? The the, the yeah, double?
0: M- yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm sure someone because like I guess if you're getting like a winners from uh, from Coles, yeah. which I'm sure yeah. a lot of people pick up, that that's just a single source, isn't it?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what probably
0: if people are buying them and not they're probably just whatever is available. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I would (laughs) say most people probably try with the single source. Um, I was just wondering if it's safer to do the Mm. with the double because it's
1: Mm.
0: less risk of kind of overloading one of them.
1: Yeah. No. It it should be fine with the single, and if they're not trying to ingest over sixty grams per hour. Um, and they've practised with that one, they shouldn't have any yeah, any okay. issues. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, better to go with something that's been practised they're familiar with rather than introducing something too new yeah, okay. um, at the time of the race. And they might be fine in terms of their tolerance. Um, but, yeah, I'd suggest to, to go opt or on the side of caution, go with what they've tested and tried, but not to go over the 60 gram with a single carb.
2: Yeah, okay, cool. It's uh, it's going to be pretty funny, I reckon, in surf at Surfers Paradise in Woolworths <laughs> on that Saturday night, seeing just like hundreds of people coming in rummaging, trying to find where the gels yeah. section are. I <laughs> yeah. do it, like hope- I go to a race and then yeah, I'm like, oh, I need a gel, and I'm like
0: they're so hard to find when <laughs> you need to find them. Like, it's you every, I hope you go
1: with pack gels. gels. Yeah, no. Nah.
0: <laughs> 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 That's one thing we, uh, we kind of kind of said before, but like things that you think think you need, take them in your bag. Like it's, it's so much easier and less hassle if you already have them with you than having the night before, yeah. go yeah. out to the shop, find what you're going to have for the breakfast. Um, so kind of, yeah, get your pre-race meal ready. Like a microwave yeah. rice is easy to pack in your bag. but
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, all you need is a microwave. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. A lot of these like,
1: <laughs> 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 are rice. The yeah, but, but you can also, um, with a microwave or rice, when we'll it's parboiled a bit, so you can actually even pan fry it. So, you know, if there was a stove, I know we get yeah, the more complicated. Yeah, people, exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> if there was a stove, you could do that. Um, but even...
2: You're like, you can cook them in banana
1: <laughs> yeah, leaves yeah. if there's anything. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, um, just plain white bread, jam sandwiches, a banana, like just, yeah, keep, Keep it simple. Um, it doesn't have to be, yeah, t- too fancy. Um, but, yeah, certainly don't assume that you're going to find everything that you need. And as Brett said, it takes a lot of the stress and anxiety out of the, um, the morning yeah, or the well, evening before. Yeah,
0: well, me and Joel before, um, well, before what race was that, Joel? In Hobart at 10K. And then oh, we right. spent like the night yeah. before looking through for all the food because <laughs> what did I want? Oh, so we didn't have a so microwave. We wanted, we, so I was looking for for rice cakes, but then all the rice cakes yeah. were whole grain. Brian, brown oh. grain yeah. So I'm like, nah. like, so that's that's not. <laughs> low probably get either. away with that. Um, Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, you we put this <laughs> in my head, so I'm like, no, zero. <laughs> time. And then,
2: yeah. I'm not teaching <laughs> flexibility. Oh, now, I was like, also
0: yeah. at the dinner as well, and like they're serving up all these salads and like and like pesto, and I'm like, I can't eat any of this. So I'm like, <laughs> I pretty much had a creamed yeah. rice for a big tub of creamed rice for dinner. I yeah. don't know if that's low fiber, but, but, did, it, but didn't, but did you race well? Yeah, it did. It's
1: definitely low fiber creamed rice. I often, um, we sometimes suggest that to people or ask even in private practice and they kind of look at me like, Oh my God, gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. And, and look, you know, some of the salady stuff typically will be okay. Um, but yeah, I think where you can minimize it generally as much as, as possible is a good idea. Um,
0: Um, One little, another thing I have for half marathon runners, like Mm. the carbo load and is it, does it depend on how long they're running for as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the duration of the the race will uh, essentially affect in terms of um, their muscle glycogen stores really depleting um, and that point where um, they can hit the wall during a marathon. And that's where, you know, people, where the guidelines do suggest carb loading and then carbohydrate ingesting during the race. Um, But Similarly, with um, even a 10K race or a half marathon would definitely suggest what we call glycogen normalization and aiming for anywhere from 7 to 12 gram per kilogram, at least 24 hours before the race. So, again, you're priming your muscle fuel stores, you're getting ready to ensure that you're well fueled leading into that. That event Um, and I think that's something that sometimes people fail to recognize or even fueling up well ahead of shorter races in terms of how important that day before intake is um, compared to just the the day of and particularly depending on what time that race starts
0: yeah okay yeah that's a good thing I think definitely people with a half marathon don't take it near as seriously as a marathon they just kind of like go a bit more about there I think a lot of people don't understand uh, what a full carb load looks like um yeah like yeah. then you yeah get, it's just kind of normal food bit bit extra dinner i'm a just bit, gonna have a
2: bit of pasta yeah it's eating
0: a lot and and yeah, yeah for a half marathon and a 10k it's like you, you're gonna push your body gonna use mm. all the energy so you need to prepare your body with that energy
1: yeah that that's right um and it's it's something that, you know, once somebody's had that knowledge or education opportunity that if it can be practised and then fine-tuned and, and tweaked to suit the individual, that's really important too. Um, but, yeah, great advice. A bowl of pasta, yeah, is not going to cut it. Yeah. You'll yeah. still deplete quite quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything. I think everyone's going to be... Mm. Running well in PBs, I think a lot of us do. Oh, I hope you.
1: that's the case, so, and people aren't stressing over getting their rice and, and things like yeah, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. we should buy shares in La Rice or whatever. Sun sunrise and, uh, <laughs> and rice I was about to go. Sun out, Rice. But, uh, I remember I did a um, talk it up there last year before Melbourne Marathon, and uh, I was like, just said, eat rice, eat rice, eat rice, and then the next day, someone was like, in a in a haircut, and he'd been at the thing, and then he's like, "Yeah, my mate said he heard that this marathon runner all he eats is rice before it." So, I've, I'm spreading the word of how good rice <laughs> is oh. for you. So, well done,
2: Brett,
1: <laughs> spreading why good rice, sports nutrition yeah. Well, I caught up, obviously, with Al. Who, shout out to Al, who's done his four day essentially uh, marathon. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so Alistair and, Evans, that uh, who, yeah, who just ran turn sixty nine k, was very impressive. Jess and, and he said he was definitely fueled. It was yeah.
1: Oh, I think Brett though you shared some really great stuff stuff yeah, good, with him. Good. Prior to yeah. so he heard the rice message well and truly.
2: Um, I don't even know how you'd fuel that that sort of distance. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, I have a question, Jess. Mm. Uh, beetroot shots mm. on beetroot intake is that a myth? or? What, what yeah,
1: you think? so nitrate, so I guess the proposed mechanism that it's going to help vasodilation um, and oxygen kind of transfer, et cetera, around the body into the muscles. But I guess it's been something that hasn't been as hot in the literature of late. Um, it's There might be some small benefits across the marathon, yeah. but those are probably less likely in elite athletes compared to sub-elite. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there are obviously different protocols in terms of, you know, um, loading with nitrate or, or beetroot leading into an event. There's um, a bit more of a chronic protocol. So it's probably not something that I suggest we use a lot or even for, say, like a 10K yeah. runner. Um, but an area that, you know, I certainly could do some some greater exploration in um, to sure. learn a bit more.
2: but. I- it's funny how there's all these all these sort of things come and go. Like mm-hmm. I remember growing up, um, hearing that like uh, professional cyclists in Europe would drink red wine uh-huh. with their at dinner. They would drink a few glasses of red wine because apparently it like um, what do they say? It like opened up their red blood cells or something yeah. that relax them so the they don't absorb more nutrients. Yeah. They yeah. yeah. no, were having red wine like and, complete and also EPO, So it's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. Any <laughs> advice from that era, it
0: doesn't matter. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah, just yeah.
0: block out in the 1990s. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the too true. I remember Beautiful. before 2013 at the World Champs, I did the beetroot juice and I don't know who told me this, but I did two weeks of it, two a day, um, and oh. I was just oh like God. full. On it, like everything was red on me. Um, yeah, and Just then t- I actually <laughs> made the final. So then I'd do it for like another three more days. I had to go around and like buy people's beetroot juice <laughs> off them.
1: Wow, well that done. was way too
0: much. I don't think anyone does it like that.
2: Yeah, it tastes like liquid yeah. dirt.
0: That's yeah. what beetroot tastes yeah, like. It's, quite dirty, <laughs> it's isn't horrible. It? Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Jess. Um, if anyone does want to see Jess about about marathon fueling or general dietitian appointment, you can see her at Olympic Park. Sports Medicine Center. Um, she knows it all, as you can tell. from oh,
1: this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that. But uh, as I said, I'm probably a generalist. But um, yeah, we've got great experts out there, and you try and try and learn a lot.
2: Yep. Um, Jess, I haven't paid that much attention to anything <laughs> since high school. So. <laughs>
1: yeah oh glad to help joel um <laughs> no I, and I, I will be away for um a period of time yeah um oh, yes. coming up so um just to to let you know that there might not be yeah um, well, many appointments left but um yeah
0: Oh, well, for next year sports, sports statisticians australia <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. So that's it but yeah always happy to help
0: um yeah thanks awesome thanks guys for everyone else um for listening hopefully uh, we haven't scared too many people before Gold Coast next week. But um, for those doing Sydney and Melbourne, now you, you know and you can prepare properly. So, Good luck. That's right.
2: See you guys. Awesome, guys. Thank you.